husband. Yes, wife. Why do giraffes have such long necks? Why? To get away from their smelly feet. Wow. Welcome back, everyone, to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And today's joke was brought to you courtesy of the zookeeper at the giraffe enclosure at the Philadelphia Zoo. Yeah, we're we're all <laughs> thrilled that that one came in. I, I thought you would be. Wow. I just, that, that one it needed to happen. Did it? It did. Did it really? It did. It did. I, I'm not sure that's how I'd choose to describe it. Um, no, it definitely needed to happen. Plus, the giraffes were excited today. They were moving. They were running around. Because guess what, everybody? It's finally kind of sort of springtime, even though it might snow tomorrow. Shh. Is it? Is it really? I really, I need it to be springtime. <laughs> I need it to be springtime. Crassle, Crassle needed to come and hide all my eggs. And well, yeah, he did under all the snow. <laughs> yeah, he hid it all in the snow, and that Winter Veil disguise kit is <laughs> running amok. <laughs> and oh, and Great so... Father Winter has overstayed his welcome, at least according to wife. We uh, <laughs> we're back, and wife, I got a, a small factoid for you before we go into news and exciting new things. Okay. Did you know that we've been doing this for over a year now? Holy. We haven't actually Expletive. done. We haven't actually done fifty-two episodes because we've been doing it every other week. But at this point, we're we cross that threshold. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah, it's a little weird to to be doing it this long, but it's fun, and we're hopefully going to do many, many more episodes as we, you know, ramble on into this microphone here. Yep. Um, and so today we have some news. So, some of the news centers around holy crap, husband. Guess what? What? There's only like four months till Gen Con. Yeah, I I know we start out virtually every episode with oh my god, it's this close to Gen Con, but actually next week the event schedule is supposed to be coming out. It's like the best birthday present ever. Yeah. So by the time everybody's listening to this, there's only going to be a scant few days before you can pull down those spreadsheets, start trying to. Uh, Mark up exactly what you want your schedule to be, and hopefully a lot of you have already signed up, because I haven't looked. Do they still show the number of tickets available slash sold, whatever, on there? Yes, they do. I haven't looked at it, so I don't know how many people we're up to at the moment. Um, I know there are still tickets available for the weekend, maybe even four-day passes, which is That's not what I was talking about. Oh, you mean events? Yeah. Well, that too, but that we won't know until... I'm not really concerned about the general... I mean, I'm concerned about the general event just, you know, being there and doing stuff, but I'm more concerned about Our the event. retro WoW event. Yeah. That's what I'm focused okay. on. Okay. Well, yeah. Husband, what other news items do we have on the docket today? Well, from the rumor mill. Bum, bum, bum. Word on the street is that there is another custom set in the works, wife. That's so exciting. So... If you are not already in the WoW TCG Discord, definitely hit that up if you can. You can check it out over on the WoW TCG subreddit. There's a link there. I don't know if it's linked on the Facebook group yet. But if it's not, 
probably should do that. Yeah, I'll look. So while wife is furiously trying to pull that up, I I know that it is on the subreddit, so you can definitely check out Discord there. That seems to be coming the more, I don't want to say central discussion area, but there's definitely more discussion there than it seems to be in other areas. Or maybe it's all comparable. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's not, you know, a constant conversation turning over itself. Yeah. But it was brought up in there that, well, the Retro WoW group is starting to try and acquire people to build the Demon Hunter set. Which is so exciting. I mean, we haven't even explored all the options of the Monk set yet. I know, but Demons... Yeah. Demons. Well, demon hunters, which well, technically yeah, are they, demons. They still have, yeah, no, there's there's enough demons to go around. So it's going to be interesting how that shakes out, especially because I know from trying to design my own games that it's, you know, once you get into the swing of things, how you want to do things, and once you cross over certain hurdles or you accomplish certain goals, then it's kind of like, you know, you invent the wheel, so then you move on to something else. You can't just jump right into making cars and planes sort of thing. Yeah. What are can, you so excited about, wife? Can I be a terrible person and make you and quite likely half of our listenership hate me? Demon no. hunters? What if we had a Sam and Dean demon hunter? A what? A Sam and Dean demon hunter, because that's what they do, those Winchester brothers. All right, we're going to stop recording now. Thanks, everybody, for checking in. <laughs> this has been Random Thoughts. It's our final episode, and we wish everybody... Come on, there no, could be other that random... Is the, that is the worst thing I think I've heard all day. That I, is wonder, the... I wonder if in the actual game, if there is a supernatural reference. I feel like there has to be. They reference so many things that I'm I... sure... I haven't done the Demon Hunter area, but I feel like that would probably be something that be that's referenced. An excellent location. Anyway. I mean, Supernatural has been around since, I don't know. 2005? Forever. It's, it's not a new thing. Yeah. And it is kind of one of those culture, like, most people I think are aware of it, even if it's not your thing. Yeah, you would think. But it would kind of be thematic, I'll give you that, but it still would be depressing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry so, for yeah. that little random aside. Um, we could always speculate on Demon Hunters later on, but yeah, I know there was a call put out in, in the Discord for additional potential designers or however people want to contribute. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, definitely check out the Discord both for that and in general, because there are a lot of interesting discussions that go on there. So whether it's the custom cards or it's, we've mentioned it before, there are a lot of new players that that seems to be where they're hanging out. So there's a lot of people posting questions. There's always people looking for raids. And I feel real bad because it's on my phone. So it's real easy to reply to people or start up a conversation. But then I'll get a message every once in a while. It's like, hey, you want to join a game? And it's like, no, actually I'm on my lunch break. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm, literally in the supermarket or you know we're out doing whatever and i just happen to say oh well i have a notification on my phone let me see what's going on in the discord yeah and um for all of the those of you i have looked at the discord site i've gotten that far so wow maybe you, next week did you I hurt yourself wife yeah strain it real hurt. hard to get that one I'm going in so much pain it's rough yeah it's a tough life it actually is kind of tough trying to keep up with the like the various social media sites, because yeah. they do end up becoming, like, their own little 
How Thanks. old are we? We're like anywhere. It's hard to keep up with them social medias these days. I don't know. Let it well, happen. You're you're gonna be old soon. You are four years older than me. Yeah, but you're like three hundred and forty. You are four years <laughs> uh, no one likes you. Wife's birthday's coming up and she's not happy about it in case anybody can't tell. It's fine. It's just someone <laughs> who is four years older than me tries to convince me that I'm the older one, even though I've had a lot of head injuries, I'm not that bad. She's old. You're older. She's old. Fight me. Anyway, so, random off-topics to- off <laughs> aside, back to the WoW TCG. So, we will actually be going into an off-topic this episode, but we'll get to that later. So, aside from the new stuff that's potentially on the horizon, by horizon it could be way out there, like far out sunset. Yeah. Um, there, I don't think there's really been much new stuff to talk about this week, at least as far as the community goes. So there have, or I take that back, there have been a number of efforts made on the rating side. So there's, a, as mentioned in the Discord chat, as well as on the subreddit, there's a lot of effort being made for creating new raids or people coming up with ideas for new raids, which is cool to hear about on that end. Yeah, especially because raids themselves, like, I don't feel, I know we've said this before, but I feel like they never got the attention and love from the various creators that they deserved. Well, it's it's weird because they, so, they were a push early on, I think. I remember when I first started, I think Black Temple had just released, like, a couple months beforehand, and then Anixia was before that, and then I was around for when Nax Ramos released, and then eventually the dungeon deck, well, Assault on Ice Ground Citadel, and then the dungeon decks, and mm-hmm. then the Deathwing Raid and all the other ones. We did our episode on raids, and I think we do want to do another one. Yeah. Maybe not next episode, but in the near future. Uh, just going over all that stuff, because we do kind of want to play it again. Like, I'm anxious to dive back into them after we got that taste a few yeah, months ago. it was it was like, oh, remember this cool thing? Oh, it's even better. And, it, yeah. Well, they're a lot of fun, and it is cooperative, and it is a great way for our friends that they'll play games with us, but they wouldn't, or maybe they play a lot of video games, so they would think of themselves as an air quotes gamer. But they don't necessarily play card games all the time, where they usually only do with us, or, you know, they're not somebody that's going to go and show up to Gen Con. But they are somebody who's like, hey, let's play this board game. And that's the great thing about the raids, is that it's, yeah. it's can be self-contained, and they don't have to mess around with... Because I know a lot of people love deck building, and build, coming up with these crazy ideas, or making some idea that you had work. But for a lot of people, it's, no, I want to sit down and I want to play a game. And I don't want to spend yeah. 30 raids, hours of prep time. Raids definitely facilitate that, if somebody else is willing to put in the work. Yeah, so we just... We have the, the largest collection, well, the only collection out of our group of friends. So we just show up, plop a deck in front of them, and say, hey, I think you'll like this. Yeah. Or they pick whichever one happens to be the trolliest one. All the trolley. All the trolley ones. All the trolley ones. So, like I said, again, not to keep referencing all these other places, but definitely check out the Facebook group, Retro Wow TCG. Check out the subreddit. Check out the Discord, because there is a lot of discussion going on. If If this stuff interests you... There are a lot of like-minded people who are also looking to play as well. So one of the other cool things that came up, 
I know I said that there wasn't a lot going on, but as I'm talking about it, I'm We're remembering, remembering things. It's it's been a long couple weeks in real life, so <laughs> it's tough yeah. to keep track of everything. So one of the other cool things that came up is, and man, I don't have his name handy, so I feel super bad. All right, furiously trying to scroll through Discord real quick. Give me a second. Wife, stall. 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 Um, did you know that George Washington's teeth weren't actually made of wood? That's just what? a rumor. What? I don't know. I'm stalling. That's what you chose? <laughs> what were they actually made from, wife? The good ones were ivory, but he also had some that were potentially other human beings' teeth. Man, that's... That is gross. Right? All right, we're going to move on from that one. So, uh, I believe I am found the appropriate person. So, it's Zarth Ben? Yeah. We'll go with that. I believe he's the right person. So, please forgive me if the artist for this is out there and listening to this and I'm saying the wrong person. Uh, but he was creating custom, like, altars to the arts. So, basically, he made a full bleed art for the four elemental lords. So Alakir, Ragnaros, uh, Neptalon, and Therizane. So they look really awesome. And I know there was a bunch of suggestions of, well, honestly, those allies never really saw play. So they never really saw a whole lot of competitive play. I know Alakir had brief flashes here and there because he was was the most playable one since he had Untargetable. And they a board-relevant effect because he could exhaust people. But in general, they weren't great, so there were a lot of suggestions to do Karen and Magni and a bunch of the other cards. So I believe he was working, or she was working on that, which hopefully those will turn up. I think they were posting them onto the subreddit and, again, Discord. So you definitely want to check those out. And I know Bradifer as well had posted in the Discord some cool ideas for Baron Rivendare custom card so anybody out there who's a four horseman fan there's a there's a pretty cool card there um so slight easter egg we'll send you over there if you want more details because i don't want to spoil everything for no not everything but it'd be go check it out it's fun yeah so the i really do love custom cards and wife and i have actually been talking about and this idea isn't fully fleshed out so we don't want to take up too much time talking about it but we have been talking about alternate formats, Yeah, I guess would be the best way to put it. So, anyone familiar with Magic, or even if you're not familiar with Magic, you probably heard it just through osmosis. Uh, There's a format that used to be called Elder Dragon Highlander, is now called Commander. And it had its origins in judges at larger Magic events were playing this crazy format in between rounds or on their breaks or whatever, because they specifically wanted to play with cards that didn't really see a lot of play. So what they did is they modified the general game rules to accommodate that. And over time, it's morphed into what is currently Commander. Basically, they they doubled the starting life total. They added an alternate win condition. And then there was a, a general or Commander for your deck, which determined what... So it was a hero card. It determined what could be in your deck. And it also tied into that alternate win condition. Yeah. Why do we care for WoW? Well, wife and I have been talking about ways to kind of get that same sort of feel because there's a lot of cards that we do like being able to utilize but really aren't ever going to see competitive play. And, like, you get to play goofy stuff. And the best part of EDH is goofy stuff. Right. Like, 
And the same thing would happen in the WoW is you can, like, play the one card that is never going to see the light of day in real life, but it's just fun. Well, like we were saying, those four elements... Well, Slash Dance... Let's take a step back. Slash Dance has has opportunities. Well, yeah. But, like we were saying, the elemental lords are, in general, not things that really get a whole lot of play competitively. So this would be an opportunity. We had tried it at our local store way back when the game was still alive. There was the Highlander event at Worlds 2013. To give a... Do we want to even bother with the slight preview, Wife, or do you want to skip it for now? Um, Let's give a slight preview. So one of the ideas we've been tossing around is everybody with a large collection has extra heroes. Yeah. Like, you have heroes floating around. So one of the things in Commander is that the health totals doubled. Naturally, as you would expect, that elongates the games. It's way... If everything's balanced around you have 20 health, aggressive decks just get there, usually. But if you immediately start with double the health, those aggressive decks very quickly fall off. So you're naturally elongating the game. You can't really just arbitrarily double the health in WoW because, well, it's printed on the card, for yeah. one. And two, it has weird interactions with Master Heroes because it's like, okay, well, my warrior starts with 60 health. I'm going to turn into Alexstrasza and lose 20 health. Yeah, bad idea. It seems, bad ideas all around. It seems super weird. So one of the ideas we were floating is if you had a, say, lieutenant... And the lieutenant happens to be another hero card. And that other hero card, so, can jump in front of your hero as much as they want. And that way, you have to lose both of them before you can really die. Well, sort of. I mean, we've been toying with a number of ideas, but one of which is essentially, as wife was describing... The lieutenant is a perpetual protector, or maybe not perpetual, but it's a starting protector from the start of the game, so you, air quotes, double your health. So if you're a mage and you have a death knight as your lieutenant, they can still only protect once a turn unless you have a way to ready them, but that death knight starts with 29 health. That's a pretty beefy protector. And it also makes, like, Master Heroes still a thing. Like, you can still turn into Deathwing and have it matter. Yeah, Otherwise, it, like we said, when you drop your health to turn into one, you feel super bad. Yeah. So there are a bunch of other things that we've been trying out and trying to think about that we're not really ready to bring up yet, mostly because we haven't really ironed them all out yet. No, there's been a lot of real-life nonsense going on, and making our own ways of playing this game that haven't so, really ever seen the light so, of day are yeah. not, not on the top of lists. So we've got, we're, we're prepping for the Retro WoW Championship. Yeah. We're prepping for the Harry Potter TCG Championship. Yeah. We're prepping for the, light, spoiler alert, our off-topic is Lightseekers uh, National Championship. And we're trying to come up with this other idea. Oh, and, you know, like that real-life thing that kind of gets in the way yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's spring season at my job, which means lots of doubles. Lots of doubles. Yeah, it, it uh, has gotten wild. But we wanted to put that out there because, uh, like, I'll be honest, I'm super excited about this. I really want to put more effort into it. It just hasn't 
worked out this way. So if any of you want to give us the kick in the pants and a time turner, we are all about that. A time turner. Yes, a time turner. This is, we're talking about WoW right now. (laughs) They, okay, well then find Chromie and get her to send us back. Okay, that's better. God. We need a bronze dragon up in here. So, uh, what we're actually, our main topic we're going to talk about is, speaking of alternate wing conditions, we're going to talk about Mildex. So, for those of you who um, don't know what Mildex are, like the person who is currently speaking into the microphone, or at least I didn't until husband... (laughs) We had um, quite an education. He goes, goes, hey, I want to see how this goes. And I'm like, all right. And we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Nobody nobody can see those hand gestures. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, so, Mil comes from... Once again, as always, comes from Magic the Millstone, which essentially just makes you discard cards to the point where you end up decking yourself slash running. Well, specific kind of discard. You can't just say discard because people are going to think priest. Okay. It's... So, discarding a lot of cards from your deck straight either into your graveyard or removed from game... Those removed from game ones. Those were fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, can you can you hear this slight PTSD from wife over there? So Millstone has a long storied history in Magic. Going like the real quick history lesson is it used to be a super late game control deck, blue white that would effectively remove all of your stuff, like just invalidate everything you try and play, either by interrupting it or destroying it after it hits play. And then it would slowly grind you out with a card called Millstone that had you put the top two cards of your deck into your graveyard. And they could pay two resources and exhaust to do it. So, as you would imagine, 60-card deck, even with a seven-card opening hand, that takes forever. Yeah. And that is kind of segueing into, wow, why (laughs) the designers, when they did introduce mill-related things... Added a little spice to it. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sitting down there, and I was kind of, you know, wondering about my future in this game. So when I do that, I sit down with Bogmara. Um, and then Husband starts to play this one card called Shadowy Apparition. So Shadowy Apparition um, is a priest ally. And really, all you need to know is that um, when it attacks, however many cards were in your uh, were removed from the game, plus one go into your graveyard. No, they get removed from or game. Go, also. Get removed from game also. So basically, it attacks for one. It has ferocity. It costs two. It's a one-one. It gets plus one attack for every card that's already removed. So if you got nothing removed to start, it's tagging you for one. Yeah. And by tagging you, I mean it's removing the top cards. From your deck. So it almost never comes up, but if you have to draw a card and you can't, you lose in this game. Most yeah. card games have some similar thing because it's it's kind of a time limit on the game. Yeah, eventually that way you can't go around forever and ever yeah. and ever. Now, like I said, in the vast majority of games, it doesn't matter because think about it. A mage has 25 health. But they're, everybody has 60 cards in their deck. Yeah. Usually so, the mages are going to be dead before that really matters. Exactly. It, it, it's easier, 
well, I guess depending on the matchup, but it's easier to deal that 25 points of damage or even 30 points or even 50 points of damage because of the majority of the game being geared towards dealing damage. Removing cards from the game from their deck can be way more complicated. Yeah. But it is fun. Yeah, sure. Fun. <laughs> fun. So, um, so this, focusing on Shadowy Apparition, um, so when you're playing Vorix and you want to, um, you know, make, you draw more cards, so you remove some of your combo cards from the game, and then you just pumped Shadowy Apparition and made your life really sad. Yeah. The Vorix matchup was actually a very interesting cat-and-mouse game because, well, to preface things, I'm sitting next to literally seven, seven maybe eight versions of Mill yeah. that we built, and they're not all apparition-based. So some of them that did the more traditional Mill, putting it from deck to graveyard instead of deck to remove from game, those were really interesting against Vorix. Yeah, those could either help or destroy, yeah. depending on what Vorix ended up drawing. Because an unfortunate seal of fate could, either way, it was either end, it was ending the game in one person's favor or the other almost immediately, because if you milled the wrong things, now I'm going to continue milling the rest of your deck, or I could push you right back into it, because now I've fed all your finishing moves. Yeah. So it, it definitely got really interesting. The remove from game piece, which, as Wife was alluding to, is, I don't want to say required, but it's super important for all the reasons that we've mentioned in all of our previous deck techs. And this one's a much... We're not going to go over, like, very specific builds. I'm just going to give you the general idea, because, like I said, there's I have eight versions, and I had more ideas. Yeah. But... It, there are way too many things in Classic that rely on the graveyard to make a lot of the, air quotes, regular mill decks very viable. It's it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Because imagine if you, you know, you mill a few cards from the top of your opponent's deck, say with Shawl of Haunted Memories. So it's a, an equipment for Clothies that when it has Death Rattle, so when it goes to the graveyard, your opponent can, has to mill three cards, put the top three from their deck into the graveyard. You're going to have a bad day if you mill their Anubarak or three Brodericks or even yeah. hand them a bunch of combo cards. Like yeah. there, Or even, what? here's one that you may not think of. So, wife, what quest in Werewolves made, us, made me very sad every time we were playing it? Um, I'm going to go with Finkel Einhorn. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, so... If you don't know that off the top of your head, it lets you put a two-cost or less ally from your graveyard directly into play. <laughs> so, funny story, if you mill things into the graveyard, you're just feeding them options, like we discussed. Yeah, like how he fed me Vakus, like, three times. Or even Ashnar. Yeah. So, I very quickly added a whole bunch of things to remove stuff from the graveyard into the quest base for, say, the DK mill build. The Bloodlord Vorath mills, which, that one I really like. Because you get the priest synergies of, say, Shawl of Haunted Memories, but you get the sweepers and interrupts from Death Knight. So it kind of fits that old uh, blue-white control mill deck, because then you can you have your sweepers, you have your interrupts, and you have your millstone. 
Because you have Orb of Darkness. Yeah. Or, orb... Oh, God. I... If I could use more expletives that I'm not going to use, just think of some. That's how what I want to put in front of Orb of Darkness. So, Orb of Darkness is interesting and is actually something I want to try in other decks after using it in Mill. So, it's from Reign of Chaos. It's based on the item from Warcraft 3, uh, Orb of Darkness. Although, it doesn't really do anything really related to that item. But anyway. Yeah. So, it's a four-cost item that's usable by Death Knights. Warlocks and priests, which is odd, but the reason for the warlocks are probably in there just because of shadow and darkness. But both priests had the old mill or traditional mill before before they moved into remove from game mill recently, and then death knights have now the traditional mill because they have the whole you know we want to turn things into ghouls theme. Yeah. So orb of darkness costs four. You pay one and activate it and exhaust it. Your opponent either has to discard a card or mill the top three. If you hit multiple orbs, it makes things very challenging for your opponent. You think? You think? So, um, I think one game husband hit three, I was able to counter one, but it's still, it's still really strong. Especially when you um, mix in, like, shadowy apparitions coming in with those orbs of darkness. Yeah, the orbs... And it, it, all of that added together means you're going to lose your deck real fast. So, orbs ended up making their way into even the, the RFG mill decks simply because I wanted a secondary condition. So, to bring it back to shadowy apparition, it, you would think that would be the default go-to... But the problem is, is it's so fragile. Yeah, it's really fragile. I mean, it's a two-cost, one-one ally. All you need is a very well-timed poison the well, and yeah. you got it. Well, not and, even... And interrupts. Well, you have interrupts, you have poison the well, any instant speed removal, because it doesn't have any way to protect itself. You could play... There aren't many protectors in Classic, but there are more than you'd think. Yeah. So, for example, Werewolves has Fang. It's a He's a protector. Which is not something you'd expect, and once you hit your opponent with it once, because it bounces back to your hand, which normally would protect it, so they can't, you know, just face check it. Problem is that now they know it's coming, so that fang is probably hanging back on defense forever. Yeah. So you either need another apparition, or you need a way to target removal that protector, which is actually harder than you think in Priest. Yeah. In most cases. So... Aside from that, it's a shadow talent. So naturally you want to include dispersion because it helps keep you alive. But the part where we ended up trying a bunch of different builds is, well, to protect the apparition, you probably want to go, and you're already in shadow, you probably want discard. So you could even play, <laughs> he never really saw a play to my knowledge, but you could play Rune Tusk. It's the, the loyal version of the troll priest from the, I think it was Betrayers, where they had the traitor heroes. So his flip is just make somebody discard a card. Okay. So it's sort of Emic. Really, you would be playing Emic if he wasn't holy. Yeah. Because then you can just strip their hand of any threats. So, but the problem with going the discard route with this, and what we found is that you end up... I guess the best way to put it is you don't have a dump for your discard. Mm -hmm. So, as compared to Emic, where it's like, oh, I have this spare spell, I'll flip. 
I don't care. Or, you know, so that you can keep something more relevant in your hand. Or, I have Searing Light. I'll just aim all these discard spells at your face, and I don't have to try and wait till you draw cards or make a mistake. At a certain point in the game, you're going to draw discard spells. They're going to have no cards, and those those discard spells will be dead forever from yeah. that point. You have no sync for them in this, typically. So that made it very challenging. The draws were very clunky as a result. So if you... What other options do you got? What did... Let's talk about monsters for a second, wife. What, we talked about red. We mentioned rune tusk. If you go undead, you obviously get undercity to help remove things. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have the beautiful, wonderful Commander Ulthok. It's a good reason um, to go green. He just seemed so strong in that. Like, I mean, he's strong all the time, but he seemed particularly strong in the discard decks. Yeah, well, it, because he also removed from removes things from the game... And you can name it. So if you know yeah. your opponent did something or they, they drew something or you're expecting something that can address your apparition, even against other monster decks, you name Ulthok, for example. Because since you're so all-in on the apparition in these type of structures, you have to protect it at all costs. Yeah. And if they Ulthok it, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. Once so, I finally knew what was what was actually happening, because I feel like the first time husband just wanted me to wa- wanted to watch me. Uh, but, uh, uh, what? <laughs> um, it once I got Ulthok going, it was like no apparition is gone, Orb of Darkness is gone. But that's one of the reasons Orb ended up getting added in is because yeah. of how many times she Ulthoked away the apparitions. I'm just like, well, I guess I lose. But so having your own Ulthok really helps with all of those problems. In addition, because, like we just said a few moments ago, protectors, or once your opponent realizes the jig is up, you know, this is how you're winning, they're immediately going to tank for a second and go, okay, what do I have in my deck that's instant speed? What do I have in my deck that can protect? What do I have in my deck that can get me out of combat? Anything like that. Ulthok helps you preemptively address those things, or if you play Ulthok or Shadow Word Despair or you're undercitying away stuff, you can set up apparitions that are larger the first time so you don't have to connect as many times. That's true. Because if, say, you have five removed already, it goes, first swing is another six. And then you have now 11 removed, so the next one hits for 12. And then after, like, you don't have to yeah. hit very many times you at really, that point. It's, once you get, especially into the double digits, you need maybe one more time for it to be over. And consider this. So you, you're you changing your opponent's life total from, say, 26 to 60 at the start of the game. But they immediately, air quotes, take 7 damage by drawing their opening hand. So they're down to 53. And they have to damage themselves every turn by drawing a card, and if they don't have any of their answers and they have to quest and continue to draw more cards, you're making yourself you're you're making yourself dead. Exactly. Now at the same time, it's not it's just like your life total. All that matters is the last one. This is true. So it doesn't matter if you milled fifty nine of sixty cards and they still have one left and then they finish you off, you still lose. So, there are some trade-offs, but you can catch people unawares because, I mean, really, who the hell is prepared for a mill tech? Yeah, um, not not me. 
I was not. Now I am, but that's usually <coughs> only playing against you and your devious ways. So one of the other builds, since we're kind of jumping between them, we started out with red, then we moved on to, you play Lady Vaj, which again ties into the, well, not only does her flip affect the board, it also removes some cards so that that way your apparitions are larger the first time around. Mm-hmm. The blue team isn't to be left out. Now, Olivia Damascus is a warden priest from War of the Elements. Now, her flip, A, is pricey, which is a problem. But it does address one of the issues. So one of the ways to protect your apparition is through discard, like we talked about. The problem is is that those cards become dead. Well, there are a lot of priest discard spells that say do some amount of damage, and then if you hit a hero or in some of them, even if you just dealt the damage at all, then they discard a number of cards. So, like, Touch of Darkness costs one, deal one shadow damage. If you hit a hero with it, they have to discard a card. Yeah. As opposed to, say, Mental Anguish, where it's pay three, they discard two. Olivia's flip is when she's flipped, if a hero or ally you control would deal shadow damage to an opposing hero, you can put the top two cards of their deck into their graveyard. So now, once they're at that point where they have no cards in hand, maybe you've eliminated their other threats, and you just need to expedite the process so you don't give them a chance to get back in the game. That helps a ton. Just start aiming all that damage at their face, because, yeah, sure, you're not going to kill them via damage. But that's two extra cards, even though they're not removed for Apparition, they're still milled. Yeah, and it's still two less chances that they're going to get an answer to something you do. That's, like, the most frustrating part about mill decks is, like, if I could ever draw the card, but I can't because you keep destroying it. <laughs> so that is something to bring That's up, though. so frustrating. There, when you're playing a mill deck, there is something called Millstone Fallacy, where it's like, oh, well, I'll get their, their good cards, they'll all be gone, and then they won't have any good cards left. But there's no difference between milling it and it being on the bottom. Yeah. Like, they may never have seen those cards. You're just as likely to push them towards a good card as you are to eliminate a good card. I mean, that is... Because who's including bad cards yeah. in their deck intentionally? I mean, that, and that's completely true. It just feels super bad when you're opposing the mill deck, and you're like, oh, there went my answer. Which oh, is, there went my other... There's all my Wolfhawks are gone. That is something to keep in mind, that you... If you're playing against Mill, there is a psychological element oh, to like, it. There is of, such a psychological... Like, of please don't get tilted. You uh, need to stay... Everyone stay calm. Keep their hands and arms and legs inside the card at all times. I'm like... I'm just talking about the Mill decks, and I'm starting to get tilted. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So... Other but. other ideas, yeah. So we <laughs> to keep it keep it rolling before wife loses her mind about this a little bit. So, like I said, there's a whole bunch of versions. If you have access to priests, basically, yeah. you have potential. If you have access to death knights, you have potential. So we have a Mogdar build because again, you can play a ton of interrupts. You can play board clears. You even get voice of reason to heal yourself up. The problem there is that you're leaning heavily on orb of darkness. Which, there's not a, we've talked about this before, there's not a whole lot of equipment that matters in general in Classic right now. Now, there's certainly impactful equipment, but it's not as quite, it's not quite as ubiquitous as ongoings. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think, um, 
on you're gonna see a lot more ongoings especially with things like slow in the world than you are like they have their equipment but I feel like the equipment doesn't make or break the game a lot of times. Well, slow is the one you went with, not on Holy Power or Tuscar Kite? Yeah, well, I meant, like, the slow deck. I meant that deck in general. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and Tuscar Kite was the first thing that came to mind. But the, I guess what you're getting at, Wife, is so Envoy, that's a an important equipment. It's an important equipment, but, but it's, it's not, not the end of the world. Well, it's not that much different than an ally. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it, the equipment's more difficult to, to address and can clear off your board because of, you know, the aberration interaction. But you can still eye of the storm their hero. If you're a rogue or a paladin, you could address their hero. Yeah. There are less options than an ally, but you may not necessarily need to remove it. Whereas if an unholy power stays on the board for more than a couple turns, you're, done. you're going to lose. Yeah. If a Tuscar kite stays on the board for more than a couple turns you're probably going to lose. Now, you could say the same thing about Envoy, but, again, you could... There are, but there are more... I think the thing with Envoy is there are more answers in general. So, like, people can have answers to that that also apply to, like, Eye of the Storm. Like, it right. applies to your hero, as well as if you're playing an ally deck. Yeah. So the answers are more ubiquitous than yeah. just specified, deal this to this equipment. And that's the biggest issue with the equipment, is the fact that it needs to generally be specified, get rid of this equipment. So that's where Orb of Darkness shines, is that it doesn't catch a lot of collateral damage. So it's not an armor. Yeah. So things that specifically say destroy an armor don't impact it. Thing, It's not a weapon. So things that specifically say destroy a weapon don't impact it. So... You dodge a lot of things. It also costs four, which sounds like it would be bad, but that means it dodges Miniature Voodoo Mask, yeah. which is another universal kind of answer. Problem is, is that in Mogdar, that's really the only option you got because the mm-hmm. other Death Knight mill cards, such as Evan Plague, are talents. So you don't get access to that. And compared to Vorath, you don't get access to the Shawl and the orb, and that's part of the problem, is that the decks can take forever yeah. to win, if you're not playing Apparition. Apparition can close the game out. Apparition can close the game out, but like we said before, Apparition is super fragile. Yeah. Super duper fragile. So you you love the how resilient orb is, but you hate the fact that it takes ten years unless you hit multiple orbs. Yeah. You're almost, honestly, we were, every time I was playing it, and it's, you know, turn 37... And I finally hit an orb, and it's like, you know, if this was the Lich King, or this was Thrall, or any other master hero that I could play, the game's probably immediately over. Yeah. Or over within a couple turns. Yes, I could mill you out probably in the same number of turns that it takes to kill you, like attacking, Mm -hmm. but Thrall, for example, is generating a 5-5 protector every time I punch you. The Lich King is making giving me back allies from both sides. Like they are safer win conditions. Plus, yeah. they probably are healing me at that point, or definitely healing yeah. me because it's increasing my health. Orb is just I'm a slow win condition. Yeah. So one of the other oddball ones that we had was I've been really wanting to try and make high. I think it's High Lord Mallow Sun or it's High Guard Mallow Sun. It's the Priest Paladin dual hero. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to make him work because, so let me lay this scenario out for you because I didn't actually run this against wife. 
So Nether Breath Spellblade. I hate Nether Breath Spellblade. It's for Clothies and Druids. It lets you recur abilities from your graveyard. So, again, we were talking about how Despair of Winter compared to Wrath of God and Magic, and that you have these board clears and things like that. So in, the problem with Nether Breath is that you can fall behind if you recur the same thing too many times, and it's not a hurricane or something that's actually closing the game out as part of its ability, mm-hmm. or lasting multiple turns. So I was experimenting with Nether Breath and Dispersion, because, okay, well, I'll stall out the game. In High Guard Malosun or High Lord Malosun or whatever that whatever he's called, you can recur Hammer the Divine, which is exhaust their whole team for three. They don't ready next turn, draw a card. So you're still drawing your card for the turn, even though you're recurring it, and it's a pseudo soft lock. Cause it's like, okay, yeah. you'll just never attack me. That's I'm really glad we never played that one, because I would punch you in the face. So, and then on top of it, you solve the problem with Mogdar, because you get Shawl, the uh, ability, or excuse me, the cloak that Death Rattle mills, but also could function as removal, and you get Orb of Darkness. All right. So I really, I, I wanted to experiment with the idea of playing all of the, or as many of the Paladin exhausting can't ready draw card effects with Nether Breath Spellblade to try and stall the game out, continue drawing cards so that I can continue resourcing. That was one of the issues is if you're playing one of these late game control decks, you want to keep hitting resource drops Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to do if you're not drawing extra cards. Yeah. So you really would love if there was a druid that crossed with one of these classes, but it's just not there. So, like, the Vorath build is great, except for the fact that it can't deal with ongoings, which is problem A, big problem. But it also had problems drawing cards. Then, if you run any of the regular priests, there aren't a whole lot of just priest draw cards. You usually rely on kites. Mm-hmm. Or, as we talked about Emic a few episodes ago, you need something like a Nubarak to give you that card advantage. Yeah. I kind of want to still play around with the Malosun idea. I'm not sure. Maybe just a straight Death Knight version, where, say you went monster again, used Deathbringer Korosh, 32 health, you go on Holy, so you get Corpse Explosion to address, say, Anubarak, or or Broderick in (laughs) the graveyard, and you can get Ebon Plague, which is a more accelerated traditional mill. I don't know, like, the idea sounds really cool, but in general, and wife, you can attest to this, the Decks definitely felt tier two. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say against the tier one decks, they faltered. Now, that also comes as once I finally knew what was happening, they faltered a little bit faster because I knew how to play against it. So, game one, they are tier one decks. Because game one, you have no idea what the heck is happening. Well, it, Game two, that's when they quickly slip down. I mean, even game one, game one is not assured, because let's say everything goes right for you. You hit your apparitions, or you hit your orbs, or you hit your whatever, your finisher of choices, in a timely fashion. Well, what's going to happen when your opponent goes, well, I have instant speed removal. Yeah. And they just go, oops, it's dead. And yeah. you go, womp womp. Said yeah. trombone. <laughs> that's that's definitely true. So, I think the mill decks are really fun. Like they they look fun 
to make my head explode, so I'm imagining <laughs> you're having fun. Um, they are a lot of... Look, if you get the chance, and you're if you're just playing casually, or even if you're playing at a competitive level event, they are a lot of fun to play. It's just, you have to accept that there are holds... There were a lot of times, let's put it this way, where I'm playing Shadow Priest, and I'm thinking, like we said before, oh, I got all this discard, I'm going to tear apart their hand and then just go ham with shadowy apparition and then inevitably we shuffle up we start playing and i'm like i could just be playing searing light instead and it's like yes this is really good this is actually a coherent strategy it is it'll pressure you it'll close the game out if you let it but it it's that half a step behind that over the length of the entire game or over the length of a tournament that half a step suddenly becomes 30 steps because they just keep expanding their yeah. lead. So they're a lot of fun. They're strong. They're just so close. Yeah. Like it's no like, cigar. So going back to when we were saying new sets, maybe, maybe, I, I mean, know. I don't know if the intent for the set is to be focused on demon hunters or if there's going to be other stuff, but the, there are a lot of decks that we've been building and trying out. The mill obviously has been the focus here, but they're so close. So close. And that's the beauty of Classic and the WoW TCG in general is that the Tier 2, or if you prefer, the Tier 1.5 decks are close enough that you can reasonably expect that at an event the size of Gen Con or when you're playing for fun that you can stand a reasonable chance and have a fun game. Now, Let's be real. If you were to try and take this to way back when, you were to take it to Nationals or Worlds... And you're going to have a different type of time. But for the way that things are now, for the community that we have now, I think a lot of people are looking to have fun because, let's be real, it's pride is on the line and that's mostly it. So um, I definitely think it's a really fun deck to play and it's... I love this game, and I love all the varying games that you can play within it, but it's fun to play something different, you know? Every once in a while, you got to bust out something a little weird and and try it. Yeah, this is just a little goofy, and it's fun. This we actually came up with, or we're looking at, because we were going to sideboard Alana the Woebringer against uh, Chiba. Yeah. Because... That was the only way to really address Achiba in its old incarnation. That's obviously a non-factor now. But then we said, hey, well, why don't we just try Mill? Or I said that, and then wife found out the hard way that I've been trying that to build you, these no, decks. Yeah, no, I found out the hard way. He's like, why don't we try Mill? A month of radio silence. Oh, hey, let's try this new deck I just made. Death. Yeah. Let's Death. go get some lunch. We'll play a few games. <laughs> and then, sure. funny story, all those cards, I'm just going to throw them in the crash because you don't need yeah. them. They're all garbage now. Pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. So, yeah, Mill, super fun, super different. And if you think of something that we missed and you can make it work, let us know or surprise us and make my head explode at Oh, yeah, definitely. If you have any comments about the Mill decks, I can definitely share more of my experiences. As I said, there was across all three factions, I guess, Monster, yeah. Horde, and Alliance, all different versions, whether it was Death Knight, Priest, some combinations, whatever. I've looked at all a ton of cards. We didn't go through all of them because we'd be here all night. But 
If you have any questions, any comments, any suggestions, definitely hit us up either in the Facebook group at our email. Randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter. At randthoughtpod. It's in the it's in the usual stuff. You you'll you'll see. Look look below where you're listening to this and there you go. You exactly. So yeah, definitely hit us up or discuss it either in Discord, Reddit, on Facebook. We'd love to hear what other people's thoughts are, what their experience is. So at this point, I think we're going to move into off-topic, right, wife? We have off-topic again. We do. So stay tuned for some more random thoughts. Hey, husband, are you a seeker of light? Uh, depends. Do you <laughs> I guess seek I mean, the based, light Based the on our, our last, our, what we were just talking about, no, and the shadow the priest, like, no. I, I'm going to go with no. You, you're such a Sith. You're such a Sith. So, why, why are you asking why? All right. Well, so, a while ago, I can't even... God, it was a really long while ago. We stumbled on this game called Lightseekers. And um, we just bought a couple of starter packs. I was being stubborn, and I chose the um, Sunshine pack and the Sun and Moon pack, as opposed to the Water pack, which is my go-to. Um, and husband chose death and we decided to play out this new game just with these starter packs and it was pretty fun. Do you agree, husband? Yeah, it's a fun game and it's definitely unique. So yeah, so the game that we're talking about obviously is Light Seekers. So Light Seekers is produced by Play Fusion. They're actually a UK based company that if you check them out, And I hate to bring this one up, but they're producing a Warhammer card game in the near future as well. So I'm sure people listening to this have heard of Warhammer before. Yes, and Warhammer fans seem to have a love-hate relationship with Warhammer itself. Do you think that's a... Yes. That's an accurate uh, description of so Warhammer. So, we won't go too far into that, but uh, they, that is going to be one of their new things. And one of the cool things about Lightseekers is that it is a augmented reality trading card game. So, you want to explain a little bit about what that means, wife? So, um, there are many facets to Lightseekers. So, I think we have to oh, start. There's, there's there a lot. so many facets. So, so, we're just going to break it down one by right. one. So, Lightseekers itself is kind of like this little world. Um, we have the toys, which are fun, so they're, like, actual figures, and then within those figures, you can get cards, which help boost in-game. So there's this app, which is a ignoring card game app. It is a... It's an RPG. It's an RPG. It's a mobile RPG, so you can play it on your tablet or your phone, and from what we can tell, that seemed to be originally the primary focus. That seemed to be what they were going to do first. So it was, you buy... You you can play the um, RPG no matter what, but you buy the toy, you boost yourself within the RPG, and you get more cool stuff. Yeah, so you could buy a new character, and it unlocks the character in the game. Or you could buy a weapon pack that gives them a jet pack, or or a nitro hammer, or a cannon, or, you know, whatever. And it gives you these benefits in-game, but they also came packaged with cards. And, obviously, there is an independent... I don't not, want to say independent, independent. makes it yeah, a, a separate TCG. Yeah. So the augmented reality part about this is you can actually scan them into the app 
and it'll track your collection and also confer benefits in-game. Like, it'll give you new attacks yeah. or things like that. It'll also, later on, and right now, tentatively, they're aiming for June, there's going to be an online client to play the TCG. So the fact that they're doing this physical digital crossover is really exciting. Yeah, and it looks really cool. Like I I know I talk about the looks of things a lot, but when you see the demos like played out, it looks really interesting and awesome. One thing now, that I can certainly say about both the Play Fusion team and the game as a whole is you can see the effort that was put into the game. Yeah. Both in the planning stages and We'll get into it, but the ongoing effort with the organized play and trying to expand the community, expand the game itself. So it, this isn't a, well, we're going to drop it out there, reek in as much cash as we can, and then say sayonara. Yeah. It's they're actively engaging with the community. They're actively engaging with people at events. They're actively seeking people to, to bring them into the fold kind of thing. You can see how hard they're working on this. Yeah, they are and have doing worked. some really awesome, like, reach-out sort of things. And if you are coming to any of Major Con, they are probably going to be there. Including Gen Con. So that, yes. as we mentioned earlier, we had... So we... Our first organized play event was at PAX Unplugged back in November. Yes. Uh, since then, they've announced their organized play schedule, so they're running a bunch of regional events, both in Europe as well as in the USA. And each of those regional events, if you top eight, and PAX Unplugged was technically one of them, yep. will qualify you for nationals, nationals, which is going to be at Gen Con. On Saturday. Yes. So we're anxiously awaiting any additional information for that. There's some... Apparently some rumors about yeah. some of the way some of the, the things rumor are... Mil, the rumor mill in this game flies. Now, I will say the rumor mill in this game also hap usually is really well-informed rumor mill. Do you mm -hmm. think that's, that's an... Like, the rumor mill usually knows what's up. So, um, and that's part of because it <laughs> there are rumors that are... Kind of, I guess they're started by the Play Fusion team. Yeah. Because they, like, you know, they just tell people, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they they they're pretty chill about. And they're all they, we've NDA. spoken with a lot of them ourselves personally. Um, I kind of talked the year off one of the guys at last year's Gen kind Con. Of. Yeah, I sat there and talked to him for a while because I saw the game. We had found it before that, but then I wanted to check it out at Gen Con in person. And there was just you could see it talking to them and hear it talking to them how much they're excited about their own product. Yeah, they're excited. They're having fun. Like, I, sometimes when you go to cons and you see a group of people who are, you know, working together for a game, you see this look of, like, hazy, tired, they don't want to talk to each other anymore. <laughs> they've Once been locked they go in a room home, together like, yeah, too long. They've been locked in a room together, essentially, for, like, three weeks straight, and they're done. I don't really get that sense with these guys. No, they're, they're really happy. They're really interactive. They answer all the questions. And considering, they as playfully said, argue. they are based in the UK, so a lot of those guys are coming over when they come to the USA events, so I give them credit because yeah. they've been bouncing around a lot. And they've, they've never appeared jet-lagged. Like, yeah, that's let's, a little... Let's, that I don't know how much a... coffee they're drinking, but it's a lot. Right? So, enough about that kind of stuff. How do you play the game? So... It's a different, and this is one of the things I like about it, it's a different resource system. So if you played Netrunner, or there, there are a number of other games that have a similar structure, but it gets away from your typical 
mana a turn or resource a turn thing, as you'll see in WoW, Magic, or Hearthstone, something like that. So everybody has two actions a turn. Now those actions can be spent to either play a card, draw a card, or you can burn all of them to play a combo card, which are super powerful cards. Yeah. So your deck is comprised of 30, we'll call them regular cards, but they're called actions. Yes. Then you have to have five combos that are singletons. So there's a card called Tornado. It's a storm combo. You can only have one Tornado in your deck, and you have to have exactly five, five combos, combos. Unless, since there are hero cards, just like in WoW, the heroes drastically modify the way the game plays, the way your deck could even be constructed. There's there's a lot of differences just by swapping out a single hero. Yeah. The heroes in this really matter. I would say they matter as much as WoW and more so even than some other games that we've played. Definitely more than other games. So they, the deck construction is more open. So you can include things in your deck, but you have to have specific types of resources or access to certain elements or orders. Those are the, the factions and sub-factions. So, for example, Dread is an order. It's comprised of death, poison, and... Uh, shadow. And shadow. You're right. I almost forgot that one. Those are the elements comprising that order. In order to play, say, a death card, your hero or an item that you have equipped has to provide you with that specific order or element, depending yeah. on what the requirement happens to be. So you, you just... You could include all the cards you want, but it's... It's kind of a hybrid of, say, the Netrunner uh, action-based resource system and Magic's color separation. So yeah. you have to have the specific thing to play the card, but once you do, you can just spend any old action on it. Mm -hmm. Or, because here's the unique thing, tell us about drawing cards in this game, wife. So you don't. <laughs> Funny um, story. Which, actually, now that, like... I think it's all coming together. I think that's why I love this game, because I never remember to draw cards anyway. <laughs> that's true. And that is this true. Is, that's why. All right, so you don't actually draw cards like at the beginning of each of your turn. So the player who goes first gets a four-card hand. The player who goes second gets a five-card hand, unless your hero dictates otherwise. Um, and you don't draw at the beginning of your turn. You have to spend an action to draw. Now... You can't be like, oh, I have nothing to play. Draw a card, and then I'll use an extra action. If you are drawing, that ends your turn. So you can draw two cards in a turn, but you can't draw and then try to play things. Now, you could play something and then draw, but it does add an, another layer of sequencing your plays. Yeah. And that's a theme that's kind of recurring through the game, which... Yeah. It's a very unique experience for me because there's a lot of cards and the way the rules are structured that actually my many years of playing card games are fighting against me because it's like, oh, well, this card clearly has to work this way because that's how it does in like all these other games. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's way different. So yeah. it's kind of unlearning everything that I've learned about games prior to this. So one of, to tie into what we were just saying about sequencing, so as wife was mentioning, once you you pass your actions and you start drawing at the end of your turn, you have to finish. Yeah. You can't go back and do stuff. Similarly, there are two 
types of elements. So there's regular elements and then there's superior elements. You'll see it on the cards. If you go to lightseekers.cards or you, you know, just Google lightseekers, you'll see on some of the cards for the heroes, they'll have like a glowing ball of ring of fire around some of the elements. Yes. That means that it's a superior element. What does that mean? Well, normally you can only spend one action to play one element of card. So if I want to play a nature card, it has, it has a little tree on it. Now, it's a little confusing because nature is also in order. But So I want to play something with a, the little tree symbol on it. My hero only has a regular element for nature. That means that I can only play one nature card or activate one nature ability a turn unless something else lets me do it. Yeah. If I have a superior one, so I have that glowing ring around the tree, that means that I can play as many as I want in a turn for however many actions I have. So I could play two if I get extra actions. I could play three or four or whatever. It ends up tying back. I know that sounds very confusing, but it ties back so that you have to be very cautious about setting up turns way in advance. Yeah, because you need to make sure that you can actually, like, I have a whole handful of air cards. Oh, wait, that doesn't matter at all for me because I can only play one a turn. So you really have to set it up, oh, like husband said, a whole lot more carefully. And your deck construction matters because, oh, well, do I want the stronger hero, but it doesn't have the superior element for what I'm doing, so now it's going to be more complicated to play because I need to dance around that limitation? Or do I go with potentially a weaker hero, but it gives me the superior element? It's not unlike in WoW, old WoW, like upper deck WoW, where it's, okay, well, I want this racial... So that I can play, or I want this race so I can play Death Fear. Or I want this so that I can play this uh, profession. But that hero is not as good as this one. Like, this flip is better. So what's the trade-off here? And that's kind of what you get with this. So yeah. there's a, a lot of sequencing. There's a bunch of other rules that has have caught me more than once. Yeah. Where, for example, you can't play the same exact card. There's a card called Spark Wisp. If you play a Spark Wisp, you can't play another Spark Wisp at the same turn. Even if it's your superior element. Yes. and Which the, is... That one gets really frustrating really quick, especially when you've played things, other games for so long, that you're just like, here, dump a whole bunch of... Oh, wait, never mind. Exactly. So there's there's actually... I guess this, this is where you get the good and the bad. So the game is really exciting. We really do enjoy it. And the community and the developers are seem like a lot of fun and want it. They're very inclusive. They're very welcoming. There are some challenges that it both playing and learning that I can kind of see where things in the development cycle either broke down or just took the other fork in the road yeah. sort of moments. And there are some remnants that are from what are presumably earlier iterations of the game that remain, and as a result, uh, it, it gets a little clunky. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Now, that being said, they've already, since they've released their second set last month in March, they've already made some major rule revision changes, they've made a couple bands, yeah, well, it's now up to four. Yeah, they've made bands, they, one thing, they are willing to, they they aren't stuck in the mud. 
they are willing to make the changes when it, they feel they like aren't they aren't stubborn. Need. Yeah, there we go. That's the word that I want. Yeah, they the team definitely, and that's what's encouraging. So, okay, we just laid out, I don't like this design from this game. I don't like how this decision was made way, you know, probably years ago when they first drew it yeah. up. But they are they appear to be open to whatever currently will be best for the game. Yeah. And I've seen that in other games where I'm the designer, I'm the developer, I know what's right. Well, yeah, you do this for a job. That's your job. You probably do. But there is a chance that the players are right. Or that, you know, maybe there's a better direction and they seem to be open to that, which is encouraging. And even if, like, they can't change something, they are open to the, like, they like hearing from people. Whereas we have had games where the designers like, yeah, no, I don't want to talk to anybody who Mm -hmm. really wants to give me any sort of advice because screw you. Or you get that, you know, super generic PR response. Yeah. This is, I mean, they they may not necessarily give you the immediate feedback, or they they just go, yeah, okay, sure. But at least when you're seeing these guys, the direct designers and direct developers at an event, and you're talking to them and having a conversation with them in a reasonable fashion, it makes you feel better about the game that it really it's does. okay. They're willing to sit here and listen to me, who. For all intents and purposes, them is just some random guy. Like husband said, they're really a fun group, and they um, really want what's best for the game. Now, one of those suggestions comes from mm-hmm. one of our original frustrations, kind of like a dual frustration with the game. So, the first thing was um, up until last year. Well, through last year, it was a Toys R Us exclusive game to be found in the U.S. Which ties back to what we were saying before. I believe, and this has not been said by any of them, but it all signs point to the emphasis was originally going to be on the RPG and the toys. Yeah. And the card game was there as well, and it wasn't that it wasn't getting focused, but that was their primary push. This is how we're going to get light seekers out to people and get them yeah. into our world. Now, the toys are sweet, don't get me wrong. I think the toys are really fun. Um, I have a couple, and I may be looking to buy more. But, um... They are pricey. Yeah, they are... They are pricey. Um, but especially in the original set, card distribution, card distribution, card distribution, oh my god, card distribution. I, I mean, we do really like this game. We would love to see more people get into it, but, man... Buying packs now. Buying packs in any card game is never a good idea. Yeah. It you should rule of thumb and general rule is you should <clears throat> excuse me you should buy singles. But this game in particular, man, it is brutal. And the reason for that is so on those toys we mentioned they get cards. Well, some of those cards only come with the sixty dollar toy. Yeah. Which is really fun when I had seen the preview of this card and I was so excited and I designed a whole deck for it and then I realized that the card only came with a toy for the hero. So even before that, let's say that that particular hero that only came with that toy was available in packs. It's a nightmare with the way the the packs... So the very first set had issues because 
heroes and combos, as we discussed, you have to have five combos, but you can only have one copy of it. Yeah. So if you open the same combo 400 times out of packs, guess what? All of those are useless and on top of it, Probably not trading them to anyone because they have thousand yeah, copies. Yeah, and it's eating into the other cards, like the attack cards that you want. So the packs are only ten cards. So yeah. the reason for that is, you know, and they're they're three ninety nine MSRP. So, and I get it. It it there's a lot for these because they can be scanned into the game. They'll be able to be scanned in for usability in the eventual online client. They do all these cool things, plus being a card game. But there's only 10 cards, and then, as Wife was saying, if 7 out of those 10 cards are combo cards... That... And you can only have 5 in a deck. And it's not even, okay, I have a bunch of junk cards from WoW, because I drafted a lot. Or I have a junk, bunch of junk cards from Magic, because I drafted a lot. Some of these cards literally cannot be used in... It's not even that I wouldn't want to. They literally can't, can't be beyond the first copy. So that was challenge number one. Number two, they now they've addressed this, apparently as of today, it, it, the rumor is again that it, it's live now. They changed the pack distribution for set two. The original issue was that set two, and they admitted to this publicly, which again goes back to they're willing to make changes as necessary, which is the good news. The bad news is that they introduced a new rarity in set two. It's called mythical. It's you know super duper rare. Yeah. Nobody knew, at least I didn't know when we got our boxes, that it's only about one card, one mythical rarity card per one and a half boxes. Yeah. They've since changed that so that you will, it's one in every 24 packs, it's a 40 pack box, so you'll get at least one, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah. So that's been changed, but man, that was rough when we opened our stuff. It was so sad. Which we didn't know, and there were a bunch of other things around the math that changed how we we maybe would have done something different. Yeah. But it was, again, it ties back to they did make a change. They're willing to do those things and own up to it so that they can fix it going forward. So it is, not to be a broken record, but it's encouraging the behavior behind a lot of these things. Yeah, the behavior is definitely encouraging. I won't say that it's not frustrating now, but it's encouraging for, I really think, the health of the community in general because Mm. people aren't just already ticked and then throwing their hands up and leaving. Exactly. So the it does seem to be, speaking of community, way more popular in Europe. As you said, they're a UK-based company. It seems to have really taken off in the UK. The USA is kind of lagging a little bit behind. Our local play group, or semi-local play group, is on the smaller side. But, and I know they're, I, from what people are saying, Texas is picking up really big. Texas always does. Yeah, the, Texas was a big hub for WoW as well. Yeah. For a while. So, it, it's picking up in those areas, and it is growing, but... Any of our WoW listeners out there can certainly understand if you have a smaller battleground, it's you have to make sure that you try and continually keep growing. Now, since the Play Fusion team is putting in that effort and putting on these big tournaments, putting on these events at every PAX event, PAX East, PAX South, PAX Unplugged, has had something, presumably PAX West, PAX Prime will have it. They're going to be doing stuff at Gen Con. They're going to be at Origins. They're going to be at 
a bunch of other conventions so that they get the visibility. And, heck, they even fly to stores on some weekends to do learn-to-plays. Yeah, they're doing, they're actively doing demos with, like, a member of their team is at the stores to do the demos, which is wild. And they're all... I'm, well, they're mostly European-based, so I, I mean, they do like, have an yeah, American they have an contingent, American, yeah. but it is like to me that's crazy that they they're going to those lengths, and it's not like there was a store that is not far from us that is you know your typical mom and pop store that they showed up at to do learn to plays where that to me that's kind of unheard of. You know, you'll you'll see at a major event or something, somebody from Wizards of the Coast would show up. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect a Wizards of the Coast rep to show up personally to a Friday Night Magic. Yeah, and sit and have great conversations with people. Yeah. And so I think all that's really encouraging. I find the game a lot of fun. Um, and there, the artwork is really adorable. If you're a Magi Nation fan, and I believe some of our listeners out there were in the past, it's it's not that style, but when you look at it, you'll be reminded of it. Yeah, and I'm pretty you'll... sure that's why we picked it up to begin with, because you're like, look, cute little creatures! Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, you got me! Well, there are, there's definitely some cutesy art, there's definitely some, you know, I'm a huge hulking monstrosity type art, like, the, you know, the huge badass type thing. And then there's everything in between. But even the huge badasses look a little adorable. Sure. Just a little. If you say so, yeah. wife. So, it, there, and there's some cool stuff, like, the, the fashion themselves. Yeah. So there are tinker dinosaurs, I guess is the best like way to put it. So the Steampunk-esque dinosaurs. Yeah, so the orange faction, which is is tech, explosives, and time. Those are their three elements. Steampunk. Then you have your, you know, you have your nature one, you have your your uh, necromancy one in dread, you have Storm. astral, which is uh, lunar solar gravity yep. as their three. You have storm, which is air, water, and what's the third one? Uh, lightning. It, I think it is actually called lightning. It, it might like, be. It might be electrical, but... It's well, a lightning bolt. It's a lightning bolt. But the point is, is that of this, the six orders, they all have three elements associated with them. So you get a wide swath of theme. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of work. As we said, it started as an RPG. There's a lot of effort put into the world of Tantos, which is the Lightseeker's world. And for you Legend of the Five Rings fans out there, if you remember the old storyline tournaments, where playing in a tournament with a specific faction will then drive the in-game story and set creation, they're doing that. It's so exciting. Like, there's so many cool elements that, yes, we just outlined some negatives. And some of them still sting us personally. Yeah. But, as we said, there's light on the horizon for a lot of this stuff. There's a bright future for this game. So if you are looking for an active, tradable card game... Or if you want to hang out and wait for that digital client, this, this it may this be the game for you. This might be the game for you. And definitely check it out. Um, Lightseekers.cards is the website. Correct. Um, and Or download the RPG app on your phone. Um, Pro-life tip, keep your phone plugged in while you're playing it. But other than well, that... Well, I think anybody who's played it, <laughs> any kind of mobile game knows yeah. that by now. Yeah, but... 
it's a fun game. I hope you'll check it out at um, Gen Con, especially because it's not going to conflict with WoW too much. That's exactly. exciting. Yeah, we were super excited. We so got excited. We got our Friday events. We got our Saturday events. We got our Wandering the Dealer Hall stuff. We're we're super excited. Yeah. So hopefully you'll check out Lightseekers. Hopefully you'll keep checking us out at Random Thoughts. So for the meantime, I'm wife and I'm husband. Keep looking for more of those random thoughts. So for all other things random thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod and please feel free to reach out to us on gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com hope to hear from you soon